Hey everyone, I'm Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We have to talk about it. The NFC North, it's the Vikings for the taking. The NFC North is the Vikings conference to have. And we'll discuss why coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Welcome, 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 good people. Welcome. I am your host, Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports, Minnesota's podcast network. It's going to be me today, Sam Ekstrom. We have a special guest, Jason Smith. How about a fresco on Twitter? Hangs out with Mike Harmon, Swollen Dome. You've heard him on XM Radio. He's one of the best out there. He's going to join us, and he has some stuff to talk about. And this is why, in the open, I said it. The NFC North is the Vikings for the taking, but it's all about how they decide to handle it. We'll talk about that, but before we get into it, remember this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. I know when I put money on it, it made it more for me. I love that parlay. Travis Kelsey, first touchdown score, it was there. I felt the goosebumps. Make sure you visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on today to get started. Now, as we talked about, we're going to have Jason Smith coming up in the show. We're also going to have a little sit down. Uh, we got to talk Aaron Rodgers. And when we start off the show, as I bring my producer Sam Ekstrom into the show, I want to make sure everybody remembers too Amazon Fire and Roku. Make sure you download the app. Go to Amazon Fire or Roku on your TV. Search Locked On Sports Minnesota in the apps. Download it right to your TV. We'll be right there on your screen. Sam, as we jump into this, um, I kind of started off. This NFC North, it's the Vikings for the taking. When you look at quarterbacks, I, I think quarterbacks first drive a division. You look at the Eagles. You got Jalen Hurts, right? He's up there. And then you look down to Dak Prescott. He's next. And then you got Daniel Jones. Who's the outlier in that conference? The Washington Commanders. Nothing against the the quarterback carousel they had. I think Taylor Heineke did a great job when he got a chance. But but that's where they're going to lack a little bit unless they try to build this office around Taylor Heineke, get him some more weapons, so on and so forth. I don't think they are, though. I think they're going to go get a quarterback. When you look at the NFC North, at the top, I don't know. Because according to Pat McAfee, when you look at his tweet, he said, Trading Aaron Rodgers fits. The structure of his deal is there. The willingness to redo his contract is there. That's his boy. Aaron Rodgers is on his show all the time. Sounds like he wouldn't throw that out there unless Aaron Rodgers wanted it out there. Like Aaron Rodgers would not keep coming on the Pat McAfee show if Pat McAfee was throwing grenades into his career that could hurt him. <laughs> he said, Pat McAfee, throw a little push for me. Push it out there because I know I know the people love to mess with you and they love to listen to you. Now, of course, when he comes on the Pat McAfee show, they're building that up, too, because people now want to because he tweeted it, of course. And then Aaron Rodgers joins him on a Tuesday. But he tweeted it because he wants to be able to ask Aaron Rodgers that. Now, Tom Brady had a response and he said, when I effing know, I'll let you know. So clearly Brady's not ready to talk about if he's going to the 49ers or the Raiders or wherever. But Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's looking for a dance partner. And they did say AFC. I don't think they're going to go 49ers. Now, the 49ers, of course, will love to have Aaron Rodgers. He is a Bay Area kid, uh, you know, Cal kid. But they're also like, we're not putting you in our conference. Right? We're not going to put you in the NFC because then we got to deal with you and you can knock us out to go to the Super Bowl. That We're not having that. We're not going to have that. Now, Raiders could work. Devontae Adams, that's his boy. Maybe he re uh, uh, gets back with Devontae. Or the Jets. Now, Jason Smith, we're going to talk to him about it coming up in the, in the Hangover Ron Johnson segment because he's a New York guy, Syracuse guy. That's why I'm wearing my gopher hoodie. I got to bring the, the ore out for him too today. I'm going to have to ore him a little bit. 
He has a, he does have a good roll the boat story though. He did tell me that. So stay tuned for that because the roll the boat story I think is very impactful uh, for people to understand the roll the boat culture. But Sam, when you look at this Aaron Rodgers in the division, this is why I say it. At the top of the division, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded, Kirk Cousins is one. Mm -hmm. I mean, where do you put Jordan Love? We don't know what he is. So then two has to be Jared Goff. And Justin Fields and Jared Goff, I think, are pretty even, though. Like, if you give Justin Fields the Eagles offense, I think Justin Fields does not as good as Jalen Hurts, but I think he does well. You give him those weapons, that run game, the Bears had none of that. They had the quarterback to get it done, but they had none of the other stuff. So then if you put Jared Goff in, and just for 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 uh show sake, Jared Goff, then Justin Fields, then Jordan Love fourth. So when you look at that, the NFC North is the Vikings for the taking because they have Kirk Cousins. He is coming back for another year. They do have Justin Jefferson. Now the question is, who's going to be their defensive coordinator? Because we know defense definitely helps win championships. When you look at the Eagles, when you look at the 49ers, when you look at the Bengals, when you look at the Chiefs defense got it done now their offense was high powered but the defense got it done but i don't know sam what do you think when, when you look at the nfc north and what it could mean if aaron Rodgers were to go mm -hmm. so quarterback wise i would feel the most confident in predicting what kirk cousins is going to be he's going to be good he's going to be above average he'll occasionally be great i i know who kirk cousins is at this point yeah jared goff is hard to pinpoint because Jared Goff has had the highest of highs in his career and the lowest of lows. I don't know who he is really because he shows you something and then it disappears. I think he's going to be somewhere in the middle. Um, Justin Fields, complete wild card to me. I don't know how he's going to look with a better supporting cast. And Jordan Love is the wilder card. No clue how he's going to look. So just from like a, a stability standpoint, Kirk Cousins offers you the most predictable positive outcome. Jared Goff would be next. You ordered it correctly. Like the quarterbacks get more and more unpredictable as you go down the list. I think the only thing that would kind of upend this, Ron, is if Jordan Love actually turns out to be good. If Justin Fields gets some help. Like that could throw a wrench into the whole thing. If those guys use their mobility and just give the Vikings fits in those division games. But Kirk Cousins one, is is a sure thing. He's the surest thing. Yeah, no, and and the way I look at it, I, I I see from an offensive coordinator standpoint, I'm gonna take Shanahan over Lafleur, and this is why I think if you put Jordan Love in the 49ers offense, I think he gets the same production from Jordan Love, um, similar to Brock Purdy. I, I truly believe the way Shanahan devises plays, the way he helps, uh, because the sneaky little motions and shifts, and if you watch in the game. Uh, all the quick shifts and then the stop and then the quick shift and then the motion. He's just trying to help Brock Purdy see the coverage because there was one where Christian McCaffrey went from one side of the formation all the way to the other. Nobody moved. So what did that tell him? Hey, it's either a match zone or it's just straight zone. They're not playing man to man if nobody moved with them. Now, there are teams that are smart enough to know, okay, we're in man. You're going to take the guy in front of you. If a guy motions down, everybody kick down and you're getting the next guy. The problem is normally there's a little bit of communication if that's the case where you see a guy move out and he's pointing to the next guy and then the next guy. So on. There was none of that for the 49ers or sorry for uh, for that defense when you saw the 49ers do that. They when they're hitting on all cylinders, they're moving guys around. They got Chris McCaffrey. They got George Kittle. So I think love there could do well. Love with the Packers. They weren't real innovative in my opinion. Like, I think they relied on Aaron Rodgers to do all that work. I think they relied on Aaron Rodgers to read the defense, Aaron Rodgers to get them in the right play, Aaron Rodgers to do X, Y, and Z. And 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 that's great because Peyton Manning did the same thing. Peyton Manning was that same guy. I remember when I was in Indy coaching, Peyton got us into those plays. Peyton just cited what play to run. So that's where you leave Aaron Rodgers versus Kirk Cousins. When he leaves, Kirk Cousins is the king of the North. He's the king of the NFC North as quarterback would go. Kevin O'Connell Coming off 13 wins, I mean, I think if you put the pieces together for this defense, they'll be fine. But that's that's the key. That's going to be the key for this. But as you know, we got to get on to Jason Smith. I'm looking forward to that conversation. The Aaron Rodgers trade. Jason Smith's going to break it down from Fox Sports. Uh, X, XM Radio, please check it out. Uh, but stay tuned for this. But remember, when you check out Locked On Sports Minnesota's podcast on YouTube following every Twins, Vikings, Wilder Wolves game, you're going to get excellent 
excellent breakdowns from our Locked On team hosts. They're broadcasting live with Team Insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. We have a word from our sponsors. Thanks, Ron. Let me tell you about FanDuel and FanDuel.com slash Locked On, where you can get started for betting Super Bowl 57. Uh, The no-sweat first bet. Get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to all of those props that you can check out at FanDuel.com. FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. I know Ron downloaded it, making his RJ parlays. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly when you cash that big plus 800 odds prop that you're going to be betting for Super Bowl 57. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Claim the no sweat first bet. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. FanDuel is official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Well, now it's time for the Hanging Out with Ron Johnson segment. I got Jason Smith. And for those that don't know, follow me at How About a Fresca? And so Jason Smith is a guy, if you're on XM Radio, you're listening late night to Fox Sports Radio or something like that, or you'll hear him, uh, him and his, his friends, uh, Mike Harmon's one of them. Uh, so he'll he'll explain that a little bit. But he's a Syracuse grad, so got to talk about that. I, and I didn't purposefully wear the Gophers hoodie, contrary to his belief. Uh, it's just something that was in there. I mean, I do have an oar, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do the whole show holding an oar. I mean, why would I do something like that? Um, that's not, not nice. Hold on, me. You're not you're not gonna <laughs> row the boat. You're not gonna row the boat for the entire time and talk about oh, how about that penalty? Yeah, how about that penalty at the end of the game? We're we're uh, we're not gonna do that. Okay, we're not gonna do it. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Oh man, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have the aura up with me the whole show. But I uh, got Jason Smith <laughs> joining me. Jason Smith, Jason Smith, and I uh, we connected back in uh, like 2020. And so for those that don't remember the story, uh, as the Ron Johnson show is new, we're about six months old now. Um, but my daughter Cameron Johnson, uh, she raised over 130 thousand dollars through bracelet sales. Something that was. Real tongue in cheek, real like, dad, I want to go outside with my friends and do lemonade and bracelets. And and as a dad, I'm like, sure, I got the day off. Go ahead. You know, I don't have anything to do. And and so I did a radio interview for uh, iHeartMedia. And I joked with Chad Greenway about it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, he was talking about going to his daughter's basketball game. I'm like, yeah, I got to sit out in the front yard and my daughter's selling friendship bracelets and, and, and uh, lemonade. Ended up growing because Chad uh greenway uh adam thielen uh you know disney little caesars everybody and then you know of course fox sports espn uh jamie ukis from cbs she showed up to our house uh michael strahan and, and those guys with uh good morning america surprised us early in the morning which i'm not a morning person so sorry for my beard and my hair that day people uh because i was not prepared for a 6 a.m show uh randley with good morning america but you know, it ended up working out. And then in the process, met Jason Smith. We ended up doing, I uh, came on the show again later. But Jason, I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Um, you are a Syracuse grad. But first, the one thing that I've noticed, and this is why, and people didn't understand why I was tweeting at you, uh, which I can't wait for this interview to come out, uh, because you're you're a big New York fan as well. You're a big New York sports fan. And the Jets are in the process of landing one of the top quarterback possible trades this offseason and you're heavy on it why do you want Aaron Rodgers first off in New York okay well first of all you've seen what our quarterback play was like this year right you saw what that is right okay you in your jersey right now with four would be better quarterback we need something we need something bigger and there's a lot of guys available and one of the guys that has to be the right fit is Aaron Rodgers and he's someone that okay is he done in Green Bay? Yeah. Is he the same guy he was when he won MVPs? Okay, maybe not. But reunited with his offensive coordinator, he's going to come in. And even if we get a little bit better than what we had last year, a little bit better, we're in the Super Bowl. If we got the Aaron Rodgers this year, the Jets are still playing. They're going to the Super Bowl. We're talking about beating Mahomes, and I'm sitting here, and I'm just, ah! I'm not even sober talking to because I'm out all night talking about the AFC Championship game. So we need it, and we need somebody that can handle New York, 
can handle the pressure. You can't just roll somebody else in there. You know, Derek Carr would come in, changing his accent to be in a New York accent from the Southern accent and all this stuff. But you need somebody that can handle that. And this combination of talent, his wanting to prove everybody he's not done coming off this year and being able to handle New York. Yeah, that's the winning formula for the Jets. And I, I can't see there being any they don't get. Because everything, you look at the way the, the news came out, right, the, the, on, on last Tuesday, Adam Schefter says, oh, Green Bay will trade him to the AFC. Okay. Peter King says, two first-round picks. The Jets would absolutely pay it. Later that day, he goes on Pat McIntyre and said, I'll figure out the money. Uh, don't let's, let, let's not let that get in the way of anything. And they're all talking through the media, right? And when Aaron Rodgers actually says, um, hey, uh, you know, it'd be great for Zach Wilson if the Jets go higher the right offensive coordinator for Zach. He's got a lot of talent. See, people heard, oh, he's giving advice to the Jets. I heard, go hire the right offensive coordinator. So what <laughs> they do? They go hire his guy to come in. We got your guy, Aaron. It's coming. We're all set. I'll pick you up from the airport. It's all good. True, and, and they do. They pick up an offensive coordinator. He's familiar with an offensive coordinator. He wanted to be around. Uh, and so clearly – all of the ayahuasca leaves are pointing towards uh, the Jets getting Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Pretty sure there's going to be a contract, though, about no ayahuasca four months before the season starts or two. I don't know. There's got to be four something months. in there because. Long time. Four months, man. He's got to do the trip. Do the trip. Figure it out. Because I watch Billions. I'm a big Billions fan. And I remember and people who don't know about Billions, uh, go watch that. But there was an episode uh, where they actually went off and uh, Axel, uh, they went off and Axe Cap, the group, him and his guy went off and they did ayahuasca in like a teepee. And then all of a sudden he saw the future of what the money market could be in New York and, and for the stock exchange. And allegedly he came back and made a billion dollars. So I don't know, maybe Aaron Rodgers knows something we don't know about it. Uh, he's definitely uh, not trying to be in Green Bay, which Minnesota Vikings fans are very like hopefully it happens please go somewhere else um and when you look at the nfc north in your opinion if aaron Rodgers were to leave kirk cousins has one more year in his deal probably gets extended possibly uh you got a young uh detroit lions up and coming team with jared Goff, and then you have the bears with another young quarterback in justin fields and then love where does that put the nfc does that just not say hand it to the vikings but do the vikings come in as odds on favorite because right now they're saying the Lions have a better chance of getting to the Super Bowl than the Vikings, even if you take the Packers out of this. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I want to ask this. Is, is everybody walking around Minnesota now wearing Jordan Love jerseys? <laughs> like, hey, we, we want the Jordan. Like, we're, we're, we're ready. We want the Jordan Love era to start. We're ready. Man. I've got this or NFL shop. I look great, man. Jordan Love jerseys everywhere. Um, now, look, the Lions, look, I love the Lions. I love that after years of of – being the butt of Joe Tech, being a Jets fan, I understand that, right? Uh, that they're on the way up. They have a really dangerous offense. And Jameson Williams coming back there for a full off season of being able to get in this is going to be stud. But it's a little bit different when suddenly everybody likes you and you have the bullseye on you. And are the Lions ready for that? They played the role this year of, hey, we're the up and coming team. And, you know, that Dan, we're going to bite your ankles and we're going to do all this, bite your knees and bite your thighs, all this. And that was great. But now you have expectation, and that's been really difficult. And I've watched the Kings deal with expectation after expectation. In the regular season, both seasons are a little bit different thing, but I've watched them deal with that over the last few years. And the regular season, yeah, they've dealt with that pretty well. The expectation of, hey, we're winning. When can we unseat the Packers? We unseat Packers. I don't have as many questions nearly as for the Vikings, even though they're going to have some change, some players are going to leave. But – I have less questions about them than I do about, okay, can the Lions take that big next step? Because that's a big next step to go from eight, nine wins to 11, 12 wins. You can go from five to nine, and that's pretty easy. You know, you get an influx of talent. But to go from nine to 12, that's a little bit something extra. Yeah, and when you look at the shift, I guess you want to call it in the NFC, uh, if Aaron Rodgers were to go to the AFC, if you get Derek Carr, maybe Derek Carr comes to the NFC. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe the Packers are secretly trying to get Derek Carr behind Jordan Love's back. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen within the scope. We don't know where Tom Brady's possibly going to go because, you know, rumors that he could go, you know, anywhere from the 49ers over to the, uh, you know, the, the, the Broncos might try to move Russell Wilson. I mean, there's a lot of speculation uh but we do know for sure Derek Carr Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are gonna probably have new teams for sure have new teams next year uh but when you think about that shift of these older 
guard type quarterbacks because I was around for the Peyton Manning shift and he left, uh, you know, the Drew Brees moving out. Now with uh, Mahomes, uh, you look at Burrow, you got Josh Allen, and those are kind of the three right now. And then you kind of can say Justin Herbert maybe. Um, is there a quarterback that, you know, when you look at Kirk Cousins, for instance, is there a quarterback that still has some left in the tank that might become one of the elite quarterbacks? Or are we seeing it right now in in the four that we just saw, Jalen Hurts, uh, well, who knows with 49ers, but Jalen Hurts, uh, Joe Burrow, and Mahomes. Is that kind of going to be the, the face of the NFL for the next five or six years? Yeah, because if you don't hit it by a certain time, okay, you're, you're kind of limited as a quarterback. Now, could we see another Geno Smith situation where after a while through circumstance that really takes a lot to have to occur, you can see a guy get in a situation where he's in the right situation, the right system, and it works? Yeah, I could see something like that. But are you going to see somebody suddenly show up and go and go from 25 touchdowns to 40? Nah, you kind of have it or you don't. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I'm with quarterbacks. Everybody else has a ceiling. You know, could Burrow throw 45 touchdowns next year? Uh, sure. You know, Mahomes, we've seen him do it. Josh Allen. And you're right. Those are the top guys. And Hurts as well, because what, what he's able to do, both throwing and running, I mean, nobody else is doing that. Lamar Jackson is hurt. You hope he's the same. You don't know what his contract situation is going to be. But, yeah, you can see you can see some guys going, okay, here's the right fit in the right situation. Like Derek Carr could go someplace, and all of a sudden his team is 13-4, and four, and they're a big Super Bowl threat because he throws very accurately. He can throw the ball downfield. Uh, you know, he's good. But is he someone that suddenly is going to be, hey, get on my back, and, and we'll do it every week? No, he's not that guy. When, and when you look at Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I know you're dead set on the Jets. Do you see any chance? Because I, I feel like it could happen, but I don't know how it could happen because I don't think it's out there. But is there a chance that Aaron Rodgers wants to hook back up with Devontae Adams at some point? Uh, I'm sure it's kind of out there for him. Uh, but, you know, honestly, I see the Raiders as that's where Brady's going to end up. Because Mark Davis, you know he's the guy that's going to be. We can have Tom Brady. Oh, my God. Ooh, Tom Brady, this is going to be awesome. And you have to what, – what, what you have to look at is that, okay, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, are they the same guy? Kind of. Rodgers probably has a little bit more left in the tank, and I'm sure he does. Um, but Brady, you know, you look at the year he had, I'm willing to give him kind of a mulligan. You're coming off a year, and I always say, show me a guy going through a divorce, and I'll show you a guy having his worst season in, in, in sports because it happens, and he had it very publicly. What did he lose, 25 pounds? And, you know, how healthy was he all year long? So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he has that bounce back in him. So if you're the Raiders and you have the choice between Brady and Rodgers, okay, so Brady's going to come with, we got to pay you $20 million. Okay, well, we're saving $10 million because we, we, we let go of Derek Carr. Okay, there's nothing that comes along with it. You want Aaron Rodgers, you have to figure out the money, which is going to be a lot of money, and two first-round picks. And suddenly – Ooh, do we really like Aaron Rodgers that much? Do we like mm-hmm. him that much to go out and do that? Or do we like Tom Brady for a couple of years where it's a little bit easier to move on and we don't mortgage our future? So that's why I look at that because Las Vegas isn't as desperate as the Jets are. The Jets are really, really desperate. Brady is not going to go. As much as he would might hate New England and hate Belichick and want to beat him into the ground, he would go to Miami. He's not going to go to New York. So the Jets are more desperate, so they're going to have to swing that deal where the Raiders can sit and say, okay, this is where, and that's why I look at that windup uh, landing spot for Brady. And here's one for you, and this is for your show too. You can you feel free to use my video. And Clint Portis was on my show, and a good friend of mine, Clint Portis. And you might not, you haven't, I know you haven't seen it yet, uh, but Clint Portis, I think we just aired it this week or last week. So Clint Portis made the comment, um, if I had to do, because I always ask players, if you had to do this all over again, what would you do? And Clint Portis, and it was kind of joking, but kind of serious. If you think about his career, Clint Portis' comment was, if I could do it all over again, one piece of advice I tell myself is go out of bounds a little bit more. Get down a little bit more. If Michael Strahan is the guy I need to block, Michael Strahan, you might get an extra sack this game because I'm not putting my shoulder in there. I'm not putting my head in there uh, to possibly take a concussion from a 280-pound guy or tear my shoulder up because he, he talked about this last year. He was this close to 10,000 yards uh, and, and being a, a blocked Hall of Famer. Now at 9,923 yards, it's going to be questionable. And he kind of put his resume next to Calvin Johnson, and they're about similar in rankings, even though Calvin walked away and Clinton was injured. Um he that was his notes to himself. Hey, I would I would probably not try to run a guy over for two yards. I'm gonna just go out of bounds like like play a lot of players do. Not quarterbacks do it all the time, and they're never chastised for it. 
What are your thoughts on a player like Clint Porter saying that? And, and do you see the NFL getting towards that more of actually, you know, figuring out ways for players not to have to take on 280-pound players when you're a 185-pound running back? Yeah, there's only so much you can do. I mean, first of all, all that stuff that he said, I get it. But if you're a quarterback, you're like, oh, so Clinton's not going to block a guy. I, no, so I get hit. <laughs> I weigh less than Clinton does. Okay, Clinton weighs a little bit more than I do. And he's going to let the guy come and hit me. Okay, so he can do that. Clinton, we got to have a conversation about this. But, no, I get it. And I think what you're what you're going to see is there's go, you've already seen the way the quarterbacks are being protected. And, it, you know, they, the NFL goes out of its way. And how many, how many times you go on social media Sunday after there's some kind of penalty that's called, that's how is that roughing, how is that roughing, how is that roughing? You're starting to see a little bit, I think the next iteration of this is with the receivers. And you're going to start seeing that for the defenseless player. That they're going to really start taking care of receivers more because they know, okay, we're in the fantasy football era of the NFL. We like quarterbacks, we like wide receivers, we like points. So receivers will be the next players that get protected. But a lot of that is it's still tackle football. You know, there's only so much you can do. And a lot of it is going to be on the players to know, okay, if this happens, I got to be okay with going out of bounds. I got to be okay with going down here and dealing with what's coming after that. What's coming after that is going to be people on social media going, we needed, he could have gotten that extra three yards for the first down. And he, mm -hmm. why didn't he do that? And there's going to be a part of the game where you have to because it's a fourth down or it's late in the game. But if you're doing it in the second quarter, you have to be okay with taking the heat on that. People are going to say this and then say, oh, he doesn't have any guts. He says, it's about your career. And that's going to be what, what, what players have to work. Am I okay with doing that and dealing with the fallout of what's going to be said after and the image that's going to be out there about it? Now, enough players do it. You have the, you know, you have the company of everybody. Hey, it's going to turn out okay. But if it, if players aren't, it's only a couple here and there. You got to watch. You get you get you get tagged with that. Oh, hey, this is a guy that's going to not fight for that extra part. He's not going to do this. He's someone we can trust, and things get all haywire quick. Yeah, because if you look at Tyler Lockett, receiver, I mean, you can go back and watch all of his catches. Ninety percent of the time, he's just going down. He's not getting any yards after the catch. He doesn't care. He's like, I'm trying to play 10 to 12 years. I'm not taking a big hit from a safety that's going to toss me out of bounds or something or do some crazy. So, uh, and Clinton brought that up as well. Like the dude doesn't get touched. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And so for a receiver, he's not a guy that, but running backs, you want them to be Earl Campbell. You want them to be these brutal, you know, Franco Harris, these, these bruisers, um, but that day of the NFL, I mean, there's less and less Jerome Bettis is now coming to the NFL and more and more McCaffrey's where guys are running routes now. They're they're Jet McKinnon. You know, Jet McKinnon was not seen as a top back with the Vikings. Now, all of a sudden, in an offense that uses a passing running back, he's one of the best. And everybody's like, oh, man, it's great to have a guy like that. So, Clint Portis, I get where he's going with it. And I, I think it's coming. I think owners are going to try to figure that out as well. How do we protect some of these players? Uh, I don't know the answer for it, but I do know I looked at the Jones tackle on Burrow. You could tell he could have unloaded and he kind of squatted and then tackled him and then went down and make sure like he didn't put his body weight on him because that could have been a whole nother can of worms. He tackles Burrow. It's a rough in the past because he lands 90% of his body weight on it. I don't know where they came up with that from. Um, and then all of a sudden now we're going opposite. We're like, oh, they're trying to give the Bengals a Super Bowl. So they're, they're so much into that game. But let's transition you know, a little bit before we jump. What were you saying? It's say? funny because you think about this, and that that's the two the best play of the game. Obviously, was the, was the Osai roughing the passer penalty on uh, on 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 a pushing Mahomes out of bounds. And if anything, you would say someone would want to get caught for that extra penalty. It's Chris Jones, right? Ending right. his press conferences with seeing Burrowhead on Sunday, like they were all Burrowhead, Burrow, like their eyes were they were shooting laser beam. Burrowhead, huh? Burrowhead. I'm going to give you a little bit of extra something, and instead, no. Tackle the quarterback, bring him to the ground, and don't get the penalty. That's some kind of restraint when you know in the back of his head is, oh, this Burrowhead, I'm going to bury him. I'm going to bury him in the turf. Burrow, they're, they're all speaking to each other. Hi, Burrowhead, Burrowhead, Burrowhead. Yes, Burrowhead, 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 Burrowhead. And that's all it was, and he that's a lot of restraint to do that right there. Oh, yeah, and, and the funniest, too, I don't know if you saw this or caught this part of the – there's a lot to catch because Tony Romo is going viral for a lot of mistakes he made, Uh, but one that's of them – That's huge, Jim. Jim, that's huge. That's huge, Jim. That's huge. Jim, this is so huge. Jim, 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 Jim. This is huge, Jim. This play right here, this is huge. I can tell you how huge this is. This is – like, there's large plays, and then there's extra large plays, and this is – Jim, this is – I can't even tell you how huge this is. I'm so excited. 
Oh, I got a friend that loves Tony Romo, so I can't wait to play this back for him because he hates. <laughs> we have a we have a text thread. You know Spice Adams. Oh yeah, yeah. So sure. we have a text thread with me, Spice Adams, uh, another guy I play high school basketball with, Keenan, uh, Brian Johnson. I played football with him, and then a friend of ours, Will, who's a model. He's a male model uh, for Sean John. So am I actually. I don't know if you know that. I am. I am as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I figured that. Uh, <laughs> we we run in the same circles. Yeah. It's the same circles. And so he in the thread we all like love to talk about tony romo because yes he's predicted plays like years ago but now he's like overdoing it and so one of our friends he lives in kansas city he's like always no no tony romo uh slander today and so when he did this one he said uh when they did that the borough head he was like what it what it, at the post the press conference or whatever the post game quick he was like what did he say did he say borough land and I could feel, I couldn't see Jim Nance, but I could feel Jim Nance look at him like, where have you been this entire week? Why would you think he said Burrow land? And then he, Jim Nance just kind of says, Burrow, Burrowhead. And he's like, oh, Arrowhead, Burrowhead. Okay, I get it. I get, and, I'm, and, and literally, I know Jim Nance is like, what has Tony Roma been doing the last two weeks that you don't understand yeah, yeah. what Burrowhead is? So yeah, so even that, like he just, he's so, he's so caught up in the moment sometimes. I don't think he thinks it through. Uh, <laughs> but you got to know Burrowhead going in. It's a big deal. Right, but yeah. Tony Romo was more – he was more worried about picking out the last seven plays so he could tell us what play was coming and then, you know, move on. Because my best one is – I forgot what game, but he said Tom Brady – I think it was last year. He said Tom Brady has two options here. He has to run or pass. And I'm like, okay. what other options <laughs> – does he have like you're not going to be right by giving us the only two options he has besides punt like if tom brady were to punt the ball and you say tom should just punt it here i get that but you can't say tom brady should either run or pass here like i'm like come on tony like i get it you're really really good at your job but stop trying to predict it because you you've done it you've gotten the bag you got paid let it go now but anyway as we transition a little bit we got the daily three coming up <laughs> we got a daily three coming up we're going to transition a little bit to college football before we jump into that that's three questions three minutes each uh sam's going to jump in the show and, and throw that at us but you got the syracuse hat on gotta gotta talk about the elephant in the room syracuse showed up with that 335 uh mo ibram one of the best backs in college football uh pj fleck tanner morgan and and i don't think you could write a better story tanner morgan uh, love the kid. I've been here covering him the entire time he's been here for the last six, seven years. Uh, I got a chance to do a one-on-one with him on, on, on Fox uh, for the Gophers pregame show, so it was fun to sit down with him. Two reasons. One, my dad passed away in 2018. His dad passed away, so we connected there. So just wanted to talk to him about being on the field, being a young college – well, not young, dude's 25 uh, – but being a college athlete married. And one thing that he brought up, storybook ending. He wasn't going to play against Syracuse. Starting quarterback, Ethan Calic-Manis, was going to be really good, gets hurt. Tanner Morgan comes in, ends up winning the game. But talk a little bit about Syracuse, because I had David Tyree on, Syracuse grad as well, and he talked about that 3-3-5 defense. It doesn't seem like that's the future defense that can stop run teams. Like, it can stop and go at a lot of the teams they play. But when you're going up against, like, an Iowa, a Wisconsin, a Minnesota, schools that run the ball, that 3-3-5 doesn't work. What, and we saw that with TCU in Georgia. Like, it doesn't work. What, what's the future of Syracuse when you see that, when you think, like, are we just do we just care about winning and get to a bowl game, winning six, seven games, or do we need to find a defense that's going to work long-term? Hey, we haven't been to a bowl game in a while. We had to, went to went, went a Camping World Bowl 2018. Before that, I think it was the Orange Bowl with McNabb in 98, okay? So it's not like we go to a lot of oh, bowls. Wow. Although we did beat you guys in a bowl game in 2014. But the, <laughs> the, the way Syracuse has has done this with, with Dino Babers is that he came in with this – offensive system of we're going to run plays every eight seconds right mm -hmm. this is the way we're yep. going to level the playing field we're going to run this big spread offense we're going to go deep we're going to throw verts and we're going to go really really fast and it worked for one year and then the rest of the time it didn't and so now we don't even do that anymore and it's like okay so the guy came in with a system that we were going to use and now we don't really use it okay they found a way to morph into something else where, where we go with our dual-threat quarterback, because Syracuse has always been better with a dual-threat quarterback. So mm -hmm. what the philosophy is, is we're going to outscore the other team, and the 3-3-5 is going to stop you from chunk yardage and getting the ball down the field and getting a big high-wire uh, act with us. Now, we're going to score enough points, and we're going to have kind of – it's kind of like the 3-3-5 is like the new bend but don't break. You yeah. let you guys run the football, 
but eventually we're going to be able to stop you. We'll force enough. We'll force enough change possessions, force you to kick field goals. But when you can run the football well, it's ugly to look at. I mean, I'm, when we played Notre Dame after Clemson, I said this is going. This is it now. They figured us out, right? We started six and zero. We play Clemson, and Babers doesn't call timeout at the end, and we could have won that game. And watch, watch. I can still watch the clock ticking. I'm yelling, "Why aren't you calling timeout? What is wrong with you? Call timeout!" But you watch them run the football clearly to win that game, right? Kate Klubnik comes in and in relief when we're winning, he throws two passes, right? Completes two passes. They were able to run the ball with Shipley all the way through and win. Same thing with Notre Dame. Notre Dame comes in, they run all over. So any team I know that can come in and run, as long as they can throw the ball a little bit, yeah, we're going to be in trouble. And mm-hmm. I didn't think that you guys could throw the football enough to win the, to win the game. But that was what happened to us. It was just watching, you know, big yards ripping on in the football, and we couldn't stop. We couldn't get off the field. We played without uh, Sean Tucker, who's record-setting running back for us, who's fantastic going to the NFL. So that was a thing. But the guy who came in after him, LeQuinn Allen, looks like he's going to be pretty good. But still, when you're missing Sean Tucker, you're missing Sean Tucker. So that game was more, okay, you can see the good and the bad of what that 3-3-5 defense brings, that as long as your offense is good enough, yeah, the defense can do stuff, but when something happens and your running back's not playing, you're figuring out your quarterback, it's going to be real difficult. If you've been with a more balanced team, yeah, three-three-five is pretty tough. And last one before we get to the daily three, um, from the outside looking in, uh, for those that don't know, Roll the Boat is just something PJ Fleck created when he was dealing with a hard time in his in his personal life. Uh, Roll the Boat for him as a family was just, hey, we, we're going to wake up every day. We're just going to keep going. We don't know where God's taking us, but we just have to keep going. We can't quit. Don't, you know, suicide, all all the stuff that can happen when tragedy happens in, in people's lives. Uh, he just wanted to make sure he was there. His 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 mind was there. His his family was around. Um, and then he, he transitioned it when he became a head coach and he used it and he's been using it ever since. Uh, from the outside looking in, though, uh, when you see wins going to bowl games, 10 win seasons, nine win seasons. Uh, what does row the boat or, or what does PJ Fleck mean to you from a national, you know, scope? I'll tell you this, what it means to me from a personal scope is I coach, I coach youth sports. I coach soccer and a uh, softball at a pretty decent level. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends went to Minnesota. So we talk about Minnesota football all the time. My wife went to Michigan. So there's the natural big 10, right? You know, we all talk about it here. I mean, I'm the outlier in Syracuse, right? It's like Syracuse football. It's like, yeah, okay. So, his daughter is really good and she makes play. And there's a one game where she started making a couple of big plays and I yell at her. I go, Jojo, row the boat, row the boat. And she looks and she gets, she gets it and she does the row the boat. Right. So she does okay. it. So it's really kind of a fun thing. And then when they, you know, now everybody team is going, what does this row the boat? What does row the boat mean? And I said, row the boat. It means you, you put your head down, you work hard, no matter what comes at you, you're doing your job. You're going forward. You're not letting things track, you, even though things can get in there and wind up being something that, that holds you back. So then that be, that's become a thing where sometimes when they make big plays, they go row the boat. And like some, now JoJo scores a goal and she'll do this after, you know, as, as her celebration. So that's kind of been a fun thing because the kids all picked up on and they don't need, they don't know anything about PJ Fleck or Minnesota right. or anything. They just think it's a thing. Now, obviously my friend knows it and his daughter, knows, but the team, but the team's like, yeah, yeah, row the boat, row the boat. No, it, it was pretty fun. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear that PJ Flex affecting everybody across the world. Uh, and for those that don't know, PJ Flex does have a book about Row the Boat, has the tragedy in there, talks about it. So uh, his players have picked up on it. We are going to have Carter Coughlin, Blake Cashman, Co'Keefe, so all guys that have played for PJ Flex. I had Tyler Johnson and, and uh, uh, Antoine Winfield as well. So again, those guys continue to talk about the process and what it's about. So it does work. It does matter, but I want to thank Jason Smith for joining me on the Hang Around Johnson segment. Coming up next, me, Jason, and Sam are going to sit down and do the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. You got it. Well, since you touched on the NFC North odds and whether the Lions are going to be favored, let me take this in a different direction for, for the first question. Let's just talk about the officiating yesterday. People are making a huge deal about it. It was in favor of Kansas City. They shouldn't have called the late hit on Mahomes. I want your level of outrage, Jason. One, don't care. Run-of-the-mill calls. You're not concerned about it. Ten, you are furious about the way the games were officiated. Uh, I'm probably about an eight. 
but not for that last play. Like I watched, the, I watched the way the games get officiated, and and clearly 2022 wasn't a great year for officials. 2023 isn't starting out great either. But overall, it's more the other calls. The call at the end, he had to throw the flag. I mean, he hits him. He's he's two feet into the white part of out of bounds. There's a, there's a hey, the referee should put the flag in his pocket. And then there's well, when you don't give me a choice. I have to throw the flag. Like, there was no choice. He had to throw that flag in that situation. I get it sucks. You don't want the refs to decide the games, but there was no way. I mean, how can you imagine he doesn't throw that flag? Then you have the Chiefs going, he hits him out of bounds. There's two, he's two feet out of bounds. What is going on? He had to throw it, and there was really no choice in that. Yeah, for me, I, I wasn't too upset with it, honestly, because they've been doing this all season. Uh, the one thing that I was getting annoyed with, so my annoyance level, I guess, uh, would be more like a six or seven. But it was the New York getting involved. So New York only gets involved when New York wants to get involved. So if you're going to be involved, be involved the whole time. So if you think about uh, the Devonta Smith catch, and I'm going to the Eagles game, why isn't New York slowing that down to say, hey, oh, oh let us look at this catch. Let's make sure this was a catch. That was a huge play uh, on fourth down. Now, again, all the quarterbacks got hurt, so it wouldn't have mattered in the end. But I just feel like in that instance – that's a chance for New York to get involved. So if you're going to do it, do it all the time. Uh, the Pat Mahomes, yeah, he's right. They you Just lay off him. And again, I go back to his, his – I talked about this yesterday. I talked about his, his response to it was I pushed him because I was hoping to make him go backwards to stop or to keep the clock running. I'm like, what? That's the dumbest, like, yeah, just if if you just, just say, Hey, I made a mistake. I pushed him. I shouldn't have pushed him. Let's move on. Like, don't try to explain it, but I get it. He was in tears. It was tough for him. He was holding, you know, he was holding back the tears, trying to talk to reporters because he has to, it's he's legally obligated. Now he could have Stefan Diggs the bit and just said, screw this. I'm getting my clothes and going to my car. Now he would have been a, he would have been a villain, but maybe he's the villain that they needed because like, take, take it off there. Like we know the Joker was necessary. Maybe it was necessary to Stefan Diggs, Stefan Diggs that game. Just grab your stuff, keep your keep your uniform even. Like do be historic. Be a historic stump off. Keep your cleats on and drive. Get on. Well, he had to get on the plane. And that's the problem. But get on the plane in your uniform and your cleats. Like just do something historic because that's going to end up on social media. What you got next, Sam? <laughs> All right. Theoretical scenario. Patrick Mahomes plays in the Super Bowl. Regardless of outcome, whether he wins or loses, the next Monday he wakes up and says, Ah, you know, my ankle hurts. I've I've done everything that I can possibly do. Five straight conference championships. I'm retiring. Is Patrick Mahomes already a first ballot Hall of Famer in your book, Jason? Hundred percent. Right. You go back to last week for the for Major League Baseball Hall of Fame inductions. Right. Scott Rowland got in, and I'm like, okay. I always think of can you tell the story of baseball? Tell the story of the sport without this player. You could tell the story of baseball without Scott Rowland. Right. Was he great? Was he really good? Yeah, he was really good. But was he great? No. You can't tell the story of the NFL the last decade, the last 20 years, without Patrick Mahomes. He changed the way the game is played, and he's had someone that would have two Super Bowl titles already, and he's someone that appeared in the third game. Guys play their entire career. He could he could just not make the Super Bowl the rest of his career, and it's, well, the guy won two Super Bowls, and that's it. Yeah, he's absolutely first ballot Hall of Famer, even if he walked away. Uh, I agree with that, and this is what makes him different. Andrew Luck walked away and finished with almost 24,000 yards. Patrick Mahomes could walk away and finish with 24,000 yards. The difference, he actually went to a Super Bowl and won. He's going to another Super Bowl, and I think that's always going to set quarterbacks apart when you talk about who should be in and who should not be in. Quarterbacks, unfortunately, get get put in based on wins, and that's why the whole Eli Manning two Super Bowls is going to come into play because he got two Super Bowls. How can you not put Eli Manning in the in the Hall of Fame? And I think that's going to be the, you know, when you look at off the field, the only thing they can hold Patrick Mahomes back is that somehow he lets his wife or his brother do something absolutely stupid that's going to ruin everybody's perspective on him. Like they're going to post a video of Mahomes doing like a line of Coke or something. And, and then everybody's going to be like, wait, what? Mahomes is smoking cigars laced with cocaine? Like, all right. We, we, <laughs> Like you just don't know, like because because they've they've gone way too far with TikTok now and all these videos being viral in the the boot. Like if if we could get the Chiefs, like I don't even want the Chiefs to win because I I'm tired of Jackson Mahomes in the videos. I'm fine with the videos, but just be normal. Like stop screaming, stop throwing champagne on people. Like just be normal. 
like it's getting it's getting a little bit out of there and so that's why i'm like yep i think it but off the field there's nothing that he's done and luckily you know he's got a pretty good control on his life but yeah andrew luck and him yards they're right there the wind set them apart so i agree multiple choice question to end the daily three relevant to uh one of the losing teams yesterday who will be the starting quarterback of the san francisco 49ers in 2023 is it a brock purdy b trey lance c jimmy garoppolo comes back again or d other uh it's gonna be brock purdy for the for the niners the the obviously losing the game is their hearts are broken with, with that but the other thing is that boy really wanted to see how did brock purdy do in a hostile environment with a chance to go to the super bowl on the line that would have cemented he's our starter but he got hurt so okay if you're the niners now you have a decision to make and it's actually pretty easy because you still want to see what you have from Trey Lance. He doesn't have a lot of value. So this is what they're going to do. They're going to go into the offseason, and they're going to say, okay, Purdy and Lance are going to kind of battle it out, but it's really going to be Purdy's job to lose because he's done so much, and Trey Lance hasn't played hardly any football. So Purdy will go in, and as long as he does enough to keep the job, that's his job. And he's and then they'll figure out a way for Trey Lance after this year. If he doesn't, then they get Trey Lance on the field finally and hopefully get to see what he can do. So it's kind of in a situation where it, it's not exactly what they wanted, but it's where, okay, we feel pretty good going into next year because we're still loaded all around with weapons and defense and pretty won a lot of games with eight in a row. So I think yeah, they feel pretty good with that being their situation. Oh man, this is a tough one. I'm a, I'm a, I mean, Trey Lance is from Minnesota. I know the kid. I saw him in high school. Um, that's tough. North Dakota state. I, I want to say Trey Lance. And the reason I want to say Trey Lance is because when you look at Kyle Shanahan and what beat him down, Jalen hurts, what can give you Jalen hurts Trey Lance. But the question is, is Trey Lance going to be healthy enough to give you what Jalen hurts can give you? And I think that's always going to be the question mark. And I agree with, I think they're going to come in with those two. Uh, they're going to look at the play calls. They're going to, they're, you know, they're going to do their stuff. Who has a better ball? Who's throwing better? Um, you know, who gives us more in this offensive scheme? When you think about Debo Samuel and uh, Brandon Ayuk and what they can do with George Kittle and how they move with Christian McCaffrey and all their different personnel groupings. You know, if I were to put a, a quarterback out wide, who could actually play quarterback and get my quarterback the ball? Trey Lance could play receiver. But you're right. They're both cheap. You got two cheap quarterbacks that both can be on the roster and you can have a two quarterback system. Now, I don't know if that works because we've never seen that in the NFL. We've seen that a lot in college. We've never seen the NFL. But hey, we haven't seen a lot of stuff that's happened. So I wouldn't be opposed to them having a two quarterback system, bringing one in. Hey, when you, we, we need to do this, we're going to do this. When we need to do this with him, we're going to do this. And then you just try to stop us. But again, that's not realistic in the NFL. We know it. I do feel like Brock Purdy has the edge because he's given them the most. He revived George Kittle's career almost or season, I guess you'll say, because uh, his trajectory wasn't Pro Bowl. And then Brock Purdy comes in and he, he puts George Kittle back in that. Hey, man, this is the best tight end in football uh, conversation. So, yeah, I got to lean towards Brock Purdy, but I'm hoping Trey Lance gets a fair shot. But I, I could see him getting traded. I don't I, if I'm the Vikings. I'm, maybe I'm trading for the hometown kid. Let's get him in here cheap. He's the backup to Kirk Cousins, and maybe he's the future. Because that's what everybody was saying before when the 49ers took him. They wish the Vikings had maybe tried to go get him. They didn't. But I want to thank Jason Smith for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Jason, before we get out of here, I always like to do this with guests. Um, if you could go back, because you look at, you know, Swollen Dome, you look at how about a fresca, everything. If you could go back, you married a Min or Michigan gal. If you can go back and look at your career, you could look at, college choice anything or just bad night uh terrible interview you did is there anything you go back and, and tell your future self or past self sorry about the future uh to kind of change the trajectory of where you are right now um i don't know that i would change see the, the life i've had i've been really fortunate because it's been a great adventure and it's been awesome and it's every day is is really something um, professionally, I would go back and I would tell myself, I say, hey, don't worry so much about what other people are saying about you. Because when I first got, got started it all night on, on ESPN radio, there was a lot of, oh, what is this guy doing? How did he get this job? And, you know, of course, you're on the Internet. You can't help but see it. And people send mm -hmm. you stuff. And I was always worried, oh, boy, are my bosses going to see this? Are they going to think that this is something that, oh, do we have the right guy? Are they going to look for an out in my contract? And it was pretty stressful. 
And, and it, it took me a while to realize just what, what do I care? Like what, why, you know, what, why do you care what, what's, what's going on? You know, just have a good relationship with your bosses and then you're, you're doing the best you can. And that, that's all you can ask for. And, and once I got to that point where I was comfortable uh, with that, everything has been different. Oh, it's, I, I like to say I get to the IDGAF part of, of my career where it's like, okay, I can say what I want to say and not worry about, you know, what someone says about me. I don't like you saying this. I don't like you saying this. And so that's something that uh, I have to understand that, you know, if I have a, a hot take on something or a, or a sports take that people aren't going to like because it's, 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 a, it's different from what they think about it. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people saying things or people that, that I don't know, you know, if it becomes a big deal and, 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 you know, oh look at you getting ratioed or something like that. I don't really care. And, you know, but, but the younger me really did care because I was still feeling my way around. Like I said, it was really stressful. And, and, and for a while it was like, it's probably why, I, why, why, why I don't have any hair anymore. Um, but it's, you know, that was, that's the one bit of advice I would say, Hey, this is something that you should work, you know, to do this now, you got to have a bit of a thicker skin and you have to understand that things are going to happen. It's not always going to be great and you have to be able to handle it. So that's what I would tell. Cause there's a, a few years there, you know, in the early two thousands, I was like, man, you know, what, what about this? What about this? I lay awake at night going, Oh, when I said this, I can't believe people had this reaction on it. So that's my one bit of advice I would give my younger self hundred percent. Well, appreciate it. Cause that's some advice I need to listen to. Cause I, I definitely <laughs> interact I interact on Twitter way too much with people because, you know, I get I get chastised for picking the Vikings to win 12 games, which, by the way, people, they won 13. So, you know, I, I haven't gone through Twitter. I told my wife when I'm in Mexico, I'm going to have like that two weeks. I'm actually probably going to go through Twitter and look at all the people on the Vikings because they went to the Vikings. <laughs> they went to the Vikings Twitter page because the Vikings posted it, not me. So I got the whole like, oh, you're just saying this because the Vikings paid you and da da And oh, just because you're sitting there next to, you know, TJ Hawkinson, that's the only way reason why you feel this way. And I'm like, no, I am actually like the Vikings actually keep hiring me because I do actually say some negative stuff sometimes where a lot of people are scared to do it. And they know I'm not scared to do that stuff uh, where I'm willing to say this player is is not doing what he's supposed to do or paid to do. But I'm glad you said that because I can't wait to tell all the people that said you're an idiot for saying they're going to win 12 games. Also, all the people I was on the Pat McAfee show. And that's why I can't wait to go back because I picked the Lions to finish second in the division. And everybody said I was an idiot for that one. Well, hey, look. Look at me now. Lions, I know I'm from Detroit. I'm not a homer. They finished second in the division. So I'm glad you said that, man. That was great advice for me because I definitely read tweets way too much after shows, and I need to probably stop doing that and just do my job. Uh, but I want to thank Jason Smith for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. How about a fresca with his good friend, Mike Harmon? <laughs> yep, I know it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but people, remember, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. Like our videos and leave your comments in the, uh, sorry, leave your thoughts in the comment section below. Thank you. Have a great one.